On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC. Redesign your organisation. Reinvent your capabilities. Reimagine your future. On News Talk. Now, this week saw the trial of Donald Trump and his real estate business kick off in Manhattan as the former president faces a potential fine of at least 250 million euro for financial fraud. And joining us on the line is Paul Brandis from West Wing Reports. Hiya, Paul. Hey, Sean, how are you? Good now. Thanks very much. But I have lost track of how many cases Donald Trump is involved in at the moment. How many have you got on the ticker? I know you're keeping track better than me. Uh, it, it's similar to that uh, lottery number that you just uh, gave out. It's just a, it's a really big number. He's facing uh, four major uh, trials in uh, Georgia, in New York, the federal case, of course, for uh, m- mishandling classified documents, on and on and on. Uh, all told, he's looking at 91 different felony charges. And you have to remember that he only needs to be convicted on any one of those 91 for him to become a convicted felon. He is just in a lot of hot water. And you were just talking a minute ago about uh, the case in New York. Uh, He could really be in trouble there in terms of losing his legal ability to do business in the state of New York. He could have some of his properties actually taken away from him. I'm not really sure that's going to happen, but that's what people are saying uh, theoretically could happen. And that includes his famous uh, Trump Tower, which uh, perches on Fifth Avenue, of course, as everybody knows. So he's just in a whole lot of trouble. And yet he continues to campaign for a president at the same time. Talk about a bizarre situation, but uh, that's what we have. And is that trial in particular likely more impactful to him? Because with all the other charges, he's been taking them and, and turning them to his political advantage. But that's one that could very like that that hits deep if he loses those properties and loses the right to do business in New York, like you're saying. Uh, and that literally affects the pocket, which might be his biggest concern. Well, he spent his whole career, of course, as a New York uh, guy, a master of the real estate world and everything, builder of skyscrapers and golf courses and everything. And that is what he has built his entire image around for uh, decades. It got him the famous TV show, The Apprentice, about 20 years ago and all of that. Uh, All of that is in jeopardy, uh, as I mentioned, of perhaps being taken away from him if this case goes the distance and uh, completely uh, ruled against him. You know, for folks who might not understand what the the, the central issue here is that uh, he committed uh, fraud, prosecutors say, uh, by inflating the value of his real estate holdings that would enable him to get uh, better uh, loan conditions and that kind of thing, while at the same time uh, minimizing the value of those assets for tax purposes. So in other words, kind of playing both ends of the of the game here, uh, which to me sounds like fraud. But uh, of course, it's the burden of the prosecutors to actually prove that. Mm, and he's sort of arguing, you know, no, no harm, no foul that, yeah, he might have, you know, uh, changed or misled the banks when it came to his uh, his financial worth. But he ultimately repaid all the loans. Well, he always says that uh, that's no big deal to anything he's done. Uh, He's just a very smart businessman and knows what the rules are and knows how to bend them just enough to uh, get his way and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, That is always his defense. But at the same time, of course, 
He's gotten in trouble in recent days for uh, attacking uh, a court official, for example, and just uh, going online and making speeches and saying things that uh, the court itself has said, uh, you cannot do this. You cannot uh, directly or indirectly uh, threaten uh, officers of the court and that kind of thing. So they've issued uh, gag orders on him saying, you can't say these kind of things. It's a, one, it's not civil, and two, it's a threatening to officers of the court. Trump then says, well, I have the First Amendment right to speak, and you're censoring me, and that's the kind of thing that uh, resonates with his uh, supporters, of course, but uh, that's what he, he always says, I can say whatever I want, no matter how bad it is, and if you try and stop me, well, uh, I have the First Amendment right to do that. Mm. His supporters, he, he's sort of appealed to them every time he's been in court or been in trouble to show up and to support him and, you know, to, to drain the swamp and all that sort of stuff. But has the level of that fervent support that he had or maybe the more militant end of that changed since January 6th and since some of them were arrested and were sort of shown, hey, if you do this, Donald Trump can't protect you and stop you from going to jail? Well, uh, a lot of people have gone to jail, and yet the disconnect with that, Sean, is that if you look at uh, the polls here in America, he continues far and away to be the number one Republican uh, candidate for president. There's no one who's uh, anywhere close to him in the polls. So for some reason, uh, folks, uh, a lot of folks have gone to jail. Of course, they just blame the what they call the deep state for that. It's the Biden mm. administration who is putting them in jail. And of course, when Trump comes uh, to power again, if he's elected, uh, he, he's going to uh, pardon all of them. He has said that he would uh, do that. So they don't link any of that to Trump's uh, deficiencies. Uh, they simply blame it on the Biden administration and you know, again, uh, he is so far ahead in the polls at this point that he's sort of like a Teflon guy so far, at least in terms of the electorate and his supporters. This stuff is not sticking to him. He continues to be their guy. Mm. Now, overnight in particular, a lot of violence in Israel. I'm looking at the Sky News ticker here and the, the numbers killed have gone up even since we, we brought them to you listeners in the last hour and, and now saying that 400 or so people killed in Israel and 313 uh, in Gaza. Um, Paul, what kind of an impact is this going to have in the US? Firstly, what is the White House saying? Uh, and this kind of violence popping up, does it divert attention at the US away from areas like Ukraine, for example? Well, those are all big uh, questions. What President Biden has done, he came out yesterday and told us, this is what presidents always uh, say, is that uh, America has Israel's back, but Republicans have been quick to criticize him for everything from trying to revive the nuclear agreement with Iran to the recent release of, of funds in return for uh, the release of Americans being held a prisoner in Iran. They think that Iran is supporting uh, Hamas. Um, I, that's probably true. Um, so that has become quickly a, a highly partisan uh, issue here. Uh, most of the Republican candidates uh, continue to support providing uh, aid for Israel, although one, this businessman turned politician, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who you may have heard of, mm. has previously previously said that uh, he's in favor of uh, cutting off U.S. support for uh, Israel. That's certainly not going to uh, help him. 
Uh, by the way, there's kind of a uh, ancillary to all of this, Sean. One of the big questions being asked here in Washington about this is the apparent breakdown in Israeli intelligence, which works very closely with American intelligence. Why wasn't Israel's vaunted intelligence apparatus able to detect this attack ahead of time? In that regard, there are folks both here and in Israel who are comparing it to the September 11th, 2001 attacks here. They're calling it our 9-11. And that very well may be uh, true. This mm. thing happened in a plain sight. The planners uh, got away with it, caught everybody off guard. So uh, I think the comparisons are are rather interesting. Yeah, and that splashed across quite a lot of the international newspapers this morning. Paul Brandis from West Wing Reports, thanks a minute for joining us and running us through all of that. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Redesign your organisation. Reinvent your capabilities. Reimagine your future. On News Talk.